0: Welcome back to another episode of Psycho Cinematic. Today I have another special guest, someone of which that I've been listening to their music since I was probably in second grade. He is one of the greats of hip hop. You might know him as Con Artist from D12, or Mr. Porter, or Danan, or Danan Porter. But he is here on the podcast and I'm so excited to talk to him about making music for films and his music career in general. So without further ado, here's Danon. So Danon, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. It's crazy for me to even have you on here because I've been listening to your music since I was in elementary school. Um, Holy shit, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you can thank my dad for letting me watch 8 Mile and then playing the Eminem show and then it kind of just spiraling from there no, no. Um, so if you wouldn't mind getting into a little bit of your background for people who might not know who you are it'd be surprising if they didn't but um just a little bit of like what you've done before what you're doing now you know like where you're from all that
1: well let's see this is like a like a movie here uh i am from originally from i was born in north carolina but i was raised in detroit uh, i coming to detroit really young I was, uh, obviously, I, I'm in Detroit, it's like in that time, or early 80s, uh, was shit. It was tough. So I ended up getting shot by 14. I'm 14 years old, I get shot, flatlined three times. I'm depressed for two years after that. Like, I'm like, I, a, a couple years after that, I get into music. And I meet some guys in my neighborhood. We just started a group. I was doing that for a little bit, but I started, I wasn't really taking it all the way serious. And then by the time I'm 18, 19, I met Eminem. He lived Mm -hmm. around the corner. I didn't know he lived around the corner. We was inseparable at that time because I was learning music. He he was just a phenomenal rapper. We both was learning, like I was learning uh, how to be a producer. I was just making beats at the time, but I was only making beats maybe three months. Next thing I know, like So when Mm -hmm. I first gave him some music, I was like, yeah, now I've been doing beats for a minute, and it was like three months. And, <laughs> but we ended up connecting because it was the first time I met somebody that, like, the passion behind producing was more for me than than rapping. And when I met him, then I became even more of of a rapper because, you know, what I mean, that's the rapper and shit. So, mm-hmm. like, he's he, so uh, yeah, started producing. We put out an album called Infinite. Fucking just passing it out at fucking freak me. Just doing anything we can to get on, and then it, I think it got frustrating. Started a group called D Twelve. He became Slim Shady, and we turned it into what it is today. Proof was like the reason and the behind everything. The leader of of that, and I've I've been with them since I was a kid, and and him been friends. I only call it friends. It's like you know, I became like. A brother that i didn't have because my older brother my, my older brother moved back, back back away and i think that kind of like was a culture shock for me because i didn't know if it was he's like my half brother so i didn't know if it was my fault or whatever so i didn't know i didn't understand depression i didn't understand trauma i didn't understand none of that M and proof became like big brothers to me so i was always hanging around them and then just went on and i became a producer and i, I just wanted to put songs on people's albums in the first my first half of my career was just a, was a tailspin of like, it was like hit after hit after hit. I just didn't like that part of it. I just really wanted to focus on even getting better. And at that time, my, my lawyers trying to, they were, they were you know, it's like, you're going to the Grammys, you're doing this, you're doing this. And I'm like, this just didn't feel like me um, because I wasn't learning quick. I was I was just experiencing. And I still needed to learn because you think I had just started yeah. and then everything happened so i really needed to to learn it. and i kind of skipped over some things but dilla was one of my the, was the people that i looked up to and that was like one of the first people that i aspired to meet and and, and to i didn't want to sound like him but i wanted to be like him <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. like and i think detroit has a sound and when when he acknowledged me and i got cool with him i was like oh yeah i made it but then dr dre so it's yeah. like I got this really crazy set of people that taught me. Yeah. I have I have a pretty amazing uh come up story when it comes to that. Yeah, we, I've been producing for him forever. I've been producing for everybody for forever. I don't I don't do a lot of um I'm just now starting to kind of mess with with, with a lot of the newer artists just, just because i've been in my system and running with that system for so long you don't really need to kind of go outside of it i'm a i'm a a lifer at shady you know what i mean that's like uh my family so so i've scored movies i've scored uh, like i've done some tv uh i just the last thing i did was uh like i scored the uh i did the Seen the 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 last scene in Godfather Harlem, which was when Malcolm X got killed. Yeah, made made a song for that me yeah, and Snoop, because that was like a special moment to me. Because the, the last time I had saw that was with with Spike Lee when he did it, oh. and I thought the music was amazing. I thought the way that it looked was amazing. I always I fell in love with like the whole aspect of having music and making music that makes people feel something. So that's why I don't do a lot of the just shit to just do it like i have fun when me and me and M make music because it's like right. i can kind of let spread my wings a little bit but a lot of people don't like to feel or think mm-hmm. not in hip-hop they like to just it's kind of just you know what i mean yeah and uh, that's why i think M is so great because and and i think everybody that we've that i've come up around they know how to tap into to feelings in and in in emotions in music and that's my that's my strong suit actually I mean, I tour with with him anytime we're him, I'm also a hype man. Um, I'm on mm-hmm. the show with him all the time and that's important to me. I love that part cuz I get to do that. And then I'm I, I do my own music.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's me. I mean, you're not kidding like the your whole background is like a movie. I mean, it's pretty nuts. And <laughs> yeah. that's probably the quickest way that you could sum up, it's, you know, just yeah. <laughs> that it's, background. It's the fast track,
1: right? It's fast track. One. Yeah.
0: Two things, I mean, there's so many things that you said that I want to address and kind of touching on questions I have to ask. Uh, but before I forget, uh, I have the Infinite album in my wife's car, a little Subaru Outback. Whoa. <laughs> it's one of the things, the, the CD that we play on road trips because she just doesn't have like a auxiliary oh. cord for <laughs> the car. Based on what I can find, it's it's kind of hard to find like producer credits on songs. Uh, but I'm pretty sure you worked on um, my favorite song off the Slim Shady LP, which is Just Don't Give a Fuck. That was you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice.
1: That that was was the birth of Slim Shady, actually. Yeah, which is super cool. To to the world, yeah. To the world.
0: Uh, I wanted to ask you about that because like, in the credits, it says you, Eminem, and then um, one other thing. I think it said brass something. What does that mean? Did everyone work on the beat? Does is Eminem getting credited just because he uh, like wrote the lyrics?
1: What happened was when there was there was already a version of that song. I produced all of those versions mm. of, the, of the song. So when he got signed, it was from an EP, mm. and just don't give a fuck was the technically our single off of that EP. It was like the strongest song that people. New and, and our and our uh and that that in the song called Just the Two of Us. Um and then when it came to when he got the deal, I was sort of cut out by mm-hmm. Mark and Jeff Bass. I didn't they kinda just took what I did, remade it, and I was you know, it was kinda like he was taking off, me and him became we we was already friends. So um I never held that against him. I just was like, Hey man, I'll see you out there, like, you know, because he had it started happening and I kind of just felt, I knew everybody would kind of be pushing at him and pulling at him. Cause my parents, my father is a gospel singer and I kind of knew, I already kind of knew what that looked like when it comes to, cause they were extremely popular in there. Mm -hmm. And that um, my grandfather is is a part of this uh, group called the Five Blind Boys of Alabama. He's an original member. So I kind of knew a lot about fame in a sense Right, more so, you know, so I knew what that looked like. So I was like, mm-hmm. "Nah, man, I'm not about to." I could have been upset with him and was like, "Oh, well, you didn't, you know?" But it, it, I, it was the guys that signed us. Mm-hmm. They signed us and they kind of just didn't have me a part of the part part of it. I ended up doing under the influence, which was the D12 song on the first, um, on the first. Oh no, that was on uh, Marshall Mathers LP, but. As far as I was, I've been around since way before all that. So, yeah, I just, I just was kind of shut out in that in that sense. So, I just was trying to. They took the they, uh, Mark and Jeff. I thought uh, Jeff kind of took it and they remade the beat because they didn't want to pay for the sample or something like that. And, gotcha. Um, so that's why what it was. But as far as the original, I did the original. I think the original version is a, I like the version that they did. I just would have loved because i felt like i was always a part of it like especially Mm -hmm. why it happened so when that so when that happened to you you can be real bitter man like and i'm glad i was able to keep a level head and and not not that i didn't have a right to be but i couldn't charge him with that his life was changing super fast too
0: what was it like with your dad being a gospel singer and then you doing hip hop and some pretty vulgar <laughs> stuff too? I mean, it, you can't really uh, be a part of D12 without, you know, Yeah, what was that like? I, was,
1: I, I think about that sometimes. I'm like, it went from, it's not like I was just in a rap group. It was like saying little stuff. It was like the group.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: He didn't want me to be in music at first. I remember that. And I remember he wouldn't come to a show. I think it just got real to them when we was, we were shooting a video downtown and it was like all over the news and shit. And he was like. And I was like, hey, y'all should come to this show. And we did. By this time, it was like, hey, I got a record deal. I wasn't living with them. But mm-hmm. I by this time I moved to California, I was working with Dre. And I just stayed out there mainly. And next thing you know, they, we did a show. And I think it got real when they saw the stadium show. Because we didn't go to, it didn't go to, hey, we're doing a little club. We were doing that, but we were doing the stadium shit with, with, with him as well. I think he told me. Man, you know, you, can, you people don't pay you. They this and then I said, well, if I'm a painter, because I was painting at the time for the, the state or something, I was mm-hmm. painting schools or something, doing little shit like that. It was cool pay for a guy. Like, I could have, you know, made that and was like, all right, I'm going to do this and I'm going to work this. And But I was like, hey, if I can make what a painter is making, didn't I make it? Ain't that success if I'm working for myself? Like, I had already right. had the idea of working for myself. I was like, it's the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. shit, I can't take a day off like the way I, well, technically you can. It's just depending on you won't get paid. But yeah. and once I told it to him like that, I think he was like, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> your success is your success is not what other people make it. it is what is what you make it if you doing what you're doing and you and I and you don't have to get up and go and, and get that check somewhere else, but you're making it through advertisement or sponsorships or things like that. That is a job and people should respect it yeah. as that should. They should give you that same respect. If I say, I'm working, I'm working, leave me alone. I got to be done with this. Then I can, then I can do it. But they'll, cause they'll do that for a person when you got a nine to five and it's like, you know, you got a company party and all that, but that's, it's, 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 it's
0: just that. I relate to that super heavy <laughs> Super. I mean, I swear people don't take it serious. Like what I do. No. And even mm-hmm. though like my income's way more than when I worked in a warehouse, it's just like, <laughs> It doesn't yeah. get treated the same at all.
1: You have to teach people how to treat you, number one. Don't ever let nobody make you feel like that because it's not It's It's not. It's not up to them. It's not up to them. Anybody that does it, like, I understand you're going to climb a ladder that is a long ladder. When you look down, though, by the time you look down, you're going to see how far you up, and it don't make no sense to go back down. You leave, mm-hmm. you leave, you leave. And I'm not saying that people that work a regular job are down there. I think the mentality of those those people is down there. The mentality of people at the bottom of the ladder never want to climb it because they're too afraid to go that high. So if I say that making $100,000 a year doing what I'm doing is enough for me, that goes for the woman you choose. That goes for the person, the people in your life. You never let them dictate what your top line is. What your top line is, what you're comfortable with. Everybody mm-hmm. think that you're supposed to be the billionaire and you're supposed <laughs> to be this thing, but that's not. Everybody don't need that. You mm-hmm. get what I mean? And if you let people tell you, you got to be careful, man, because you, you that's your job. So when you mess up on your job, it shows quick. Yeah. When you work for yourself, when mm-hmm. you when you work for somebody else, it might take some months before they before they call you in the office. Mm-hmm. They are not even gonna find out because they really don't care. You're just a number to them. Yeah, you're a number and a tax write off to you. You're all of that, plus the provider of your home and all of those things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It sure it's, it's a job. Told my dad that I was like, man, I was like, if I if I'm making this salary doing this, like I love doing this. I hate doing that. I hate the fumes. I hate, you know, I gotta go back and re- I got I hate patching walls. Now I mm-hmm. love doing that shit. All of those skills help me because I built my studio. Mm-hmm. I, you know, my whole. It, it, my whole setup down here, my the whole lower side of the house, this whole side of the house, all of this was a hand-built with people that know, that know more than me, but for the most part, the aesthetics, all of these things, all of this stuff, I set all of this up myself. So mm-hmm. it helped me later, but that's not my fucking job.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get what I mean? So talking about making music for movies was eight mile the first movie that you made a song for
1: i think that was the first ones that i made songs directly for yeah Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: i did i think i did three or four songs on eight mile soundtrack Mm -hmm. that was the i hadn't worked on the ones inside the movie though because they use a lot of old stuff and
0: i think m did a lot of the scoring for that was the workflow different for making i mean maybe that one was a little bit closer because it's more relatable just being like in detroit and whatnot uh yeah. but do you have to change the way you're making these songs because it's for a movie specifically it's not about eminem it's about jimmy smith
1: oh yeah 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 i mean but with me it was more like i was working with people i, I saw it out i saw it out at, at, after rock i went and got rock him for the a soundtrack and then um the exhibit song the exhibit was already a part of the crew i was just like oh, i'm gonna make the exhibit song. i was like let me you know and then I think the D12 song, maybe we did something, but it was more like that was easy because it was just, you just had to be in a realm of music and hip hop. You mm-hmm. It was more like, what does this sound like? And Rocking is the, you know, to right. me, it's like, that's the top of the list. So it was like, it was a joy already to do it. I'm actually one of the only people that got a lot of songs. Dre, he was signed to Dre and a lot mm-hmm. of the songs, you know, never came out. And that was one of the songs at the time. That's what you would have got on a rock him album, which was fucking amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. so for me to get that and work with him, and and for him to trust me and come in to do that, and it was like I knew what I was doing it for. It's like, yo, you know, this be great to put on the, you know, soundtrack. And I think I might have sent it to Paul or something. And it was like it just fit. So it, that was easy because I just had to work with people that I loved, as far as artists like Exhibit. Obviously, I love Exhibit. That's that's like family. Um, mm-hmm. And then working with the group, it, it it wasn't it wasn't challenging. That wasn't challenging. The first challenging thing I did was uh, shark tails. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what's that challenge like? That <laughs> was a challenge. But then I realized I had a knack for it. I don't do it as much as I would like, but I think I'm, that's because I know how time consuming it can be. And I would have to be in a position where somebody says, hey, I, I trust you with this body of work. What does mm-hmm. this sound like to you? And I'm and I think I'm gonna start with something like indie films and things like that to really get to really get uh the point across. But I want it to be a good indie film. I'm actually working on a spoof kind of indie film right now where I'm doing all '80s music. Nice. It's it's ridiculous. It's funny as fuck. It's like the movie. This you know the guy is a guy that I shoot videos with. He's good and, and I, I I met him and started working with him. And he just decided he was like, I'm writing movies now. And it's like I love the people that I meet, because once we try once we decide to do something, we kind of just do it. That's why I love being surrounded by people like that. But uh, mm. my man Lanfia, Lanfia is um I don't even know if I can say the name of the movie or whatever, but he's working on it. But uh it's 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 all eighties music. So I had to put myself in the mind frame of like, what is this? And I went straight back to the old eight oh eight big synth sounds. And not just the 80s rock shit, but the 80s. I think people skipped over to Alexander O'Neill, sort of uh, uh Cheryl, Pepsi, Wiley, uh, uh, fucking uh, Patrice Russian, all of that 80s. Down, I went back to that. That's been super fun. But I think yeah. the most challenging thing was Shark Tale's because I had to put my mind frame, put myself in a... How do D12 make a song that doesn't... <laughs> doesn't Cuz, But it wasn't a D12 song at first. I actually pulled them in. Oh. I have an undying loyalty for my crew. When you have a loyalty to your crew, it doesn't mean that you're supposed to ignore yourself. And a lot of times I took and I pulled them into situations where I should have just did it solo it had been fine you shouldn't have a feeling behind somebody doing something if that's your crew you get what i mean mm-hmm. I, that wasn't that had nothing to do with it I, I just was like and i think i taught the proof and he was like i don't know you know they probably gonna feel some kind of way and i was like all right been just turning it so it was i actually had a whole song to that mm-hmm. and then i called them to the studio and of course they didn't want to show up and then when they did it was like and now it's like, boom, you're making something happen that they didn't even a lot of times they just had to show up and rap me and em yeah. had to stay in and fix and move and you know what I mean like that's mm-hmm. the part but i'm a, I don't I, you know i don't I don't bitch about the job it's just time consuming I like doing it where I hear I, I, I get the script, but I love getting pieces like I worked on waste Deep with uh Vonnie Curtis Hall and he came to the house and was showing me that's great nice. when that happens and i was like well i'm gonna go to set i even went out to to play a part in the movie like i went all the way in with this one where i was like i wanted to even though it was a film that wasn't a high-rated film it's like that's the way you start you started something like that and i think at the time i didn't want to make songs and stuff because i this was after i believe after approved the challenging part is like directors Really, they make a challenge. Yeah, because they they want they don't know what they want all the time musically. Really? They're trying to tie their visual to a mute to music, and that's where you're supposed to actually trust the person. Man, I, I I'm I'm waiting on the right indie film. Doesn't need to be something that pays a lot of fucking money. I have a score that I was working on for a long time, and it was something I can hear melodies, and I wake up and I play them. I can remember them from the dream. I w- I remember verses like that. I remember songs, certain songs. Like stunt one on one is a dream. I dreamed that beat before it was, so I was able to make it from a dream. I would work. I had this score, and I've been holding on to it. I got five
0: pieces to it, and it all is fitting for one film. I just got to find the right film. So with like straight out of Compton, uh, Mm -hmm. you did the trailer for that, right? You had a red trailer, yep. How does that go about um, happening? Like, did you reach out to Dre and ask, like, yo, can I do the red band trailer or what?
1: I think he was working on it, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna sing you some music for. You know what I think is and I had this one song and it just was that the the song that I sent him was a song. I have like a full song that I had sent them. And I was like, Dre, I think because during that time when I discovered N.W.A., I'm a church boy and we playing it loud at my house, door open. Fuck the police (laughs) is playing and the neighbors are not happy. But at that time, I understood NWA even though I didn't necessarily like hardcore music. It just didn't really, it just it it, it didn't really hit me like that. And because I didn't understand Dre's genius at the time. I just was like, oh, this is a group and this is that. But then I found out Dre made beats, and I was I was like, wait a minute, this is a whole different thing. But that song that 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 is in the Red trailer is very difficult. That was difficult because it's Dre and it's like this is the guy if i'm sitting in a room he gonna be like what's wrong with that like I, like we was playing we, i'm listening <laughs> to the mix and he's sitting behind me and i'm like and every little thing he was like well, what's 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 wrong with that and i'm like oh okay i gotta take this out and then this and then, then you watch mm-hmm. him you know change it to what it that's the first time i worked with a with a string section he mm-hmm. bought a string section and it was like here do this put this on and i'm like Wait, no, where are you going? <laughs> like, but once they did it, there was a lot of, man, I, I, that was a great thing to hear them playing my music in the string section and, and, and sitting in there, being able to guide through that with them. Dre actually has a verse on it. The, the song never came out, but it's a fucking amazing song. BJ, the Chicago kid, ended up re-singing what I sang and Dre ended up doing the verse that I had on the song, mm. um, but but we stripped it all and used the music for the trailer. which was the the red trailer for the Grammys? So it's man, I find myself in these beautiful situations, and to me, yeah, somebody else is like, oh, that's cool. But it's like to me, that means everything. Ice Cube and Dr. Dre that I grew up listening to is riding around listening to my song about a movie about their what they're doing about their life when I grew up listening to that eat a dick that's amazing
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's awesome uh so your guys is a d12 song bane if they started doing like a animated Batman spin-off just for Bane and they're like, Hey, can we use Bane? Would you be like, fuck yeah. Or would you be like, yeah. can we make you something like more on point to like, you know, specific to the show? Nah, they
1: could take all of them lyrics off and, and, and <laughs> just leave and just leave the hook. So I have an album called comic con that I have anything comic con you can think of. It's all referencing, referencing those things. Mm-hmm. Like I have a song called X 23. That's about, uh, my daughter and my relationship with my daughter the dynamic of that is really crazy because that wasn't logan's blood it was it was like a clone my daughter is not my biological daughter Mm. and that's how i that's how i actually relate to her my whole life is based around that kind of shit so bang came from a comic book
0: album if they made a movie about d12 like they did with straight out of compton uh Mm -hmm. who would you want to play you
1: Oh shit. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Like I, maybe the kid from uh Falcon and winter soldier TV show. He definitely can pull it off probably. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I um was watching a movie with Elijah Wood recently. And mm-hmm. so I was then watching like some interviews with him trying to get like a little more insight about uh, the film. And I, I was like, Oh shit. And so I told my wife this, but she, she doesn't see it as much as me. I'm curious if you do. Could Eminem be played by Elijah Wood if they make a D12 movie? <laughs> Looks wise. I have this. I have to see that. I don't know. <laughs> I, that's weird. I don't know. Did you ever get offered a role for uh, Eight Mile? Because there is a lot of you know, like people from uh, like you know, just music that he's made. Like there's Exhibit, there's Proof, DJ mm-hmm. Head um i think i'm missing someone
1: you know uh, what sadly sadly no i don't understand a lot of that stuff i don't i also was busy man at the release party for, for the movie or something it was a show and everybody performed i didn't even make that show that's when i was trying to figure out if i wanted to be a a-list producer or it was kind of like my life was in a TF and i was being pulled in a million different directions
0: when you're scoring a trailer uh do you have to sit down with the editor and like you guys are just there together and you're kind of like working on music to a trailer that they have edited or are they sending you just a like a blank cut or, or like, you know, just like a cut with no no audio?
1: I'm the guy you send the blank cut to because you are just going to get something crazy back. Okay. You know, I think the mashup thing, I was the first one of the first people trying to like do the mashup thing where you hear a lot of the, the songs, like they mashing up shit now. You know, it's weird because like, it doesn't pay to be first. Not in this business. It's, this, it's the next person that's got the bigger mouth and the bigger chain or or whatever that, that gets the, the yeah. glory there. So, like, um, I was already trying a lot of shit. For about four or five years straight, I, this was the most... It was the biggest headache in the world. Let's say two years. I won't even over-exaggerate it. Man, they used black skinhead Kanye for everything. It was like every every filler... Was that? And it was like, hey, here's this trail. And I'm like, so you, because they don't know how to say we want energy. You want high energy, anxious music. That's all that song is. And so they use that song and place it there. And then they're like, When you give them something like that or something that's close, it's not it. That's why I say working with directors and people that are putting the trailers together, that's the hard part. I'm looking for the director to grow the relationship with like they had with Terrence Blanchard, somebody like that, because when you're just taking a whole bunch of random music from people, that shit don't work. And if you don't have somebody in music involved in it, I would love to be through the process of seeing the movie come along because those feelings and emotions of that scene and standing there and watching somebody play that scene and then somebody nailing that scene, that's a big difference from, from getting it and watching it afterwards. That's the tough part, trying to bridge the gap between a visual artist and audio. Audio, visual is they should be married in some way.
0: When I think about um, a movie that I feel like combined at least the use of one song really well and you know married it with the visuals, it's uh, Us. You know, when they took the I Got Five on it song and mm-hmm. turned it to it. the cello or whatever, mm-hmm. like that yep. was amazing. And I mean that's
1: like mashup style stuff, yep.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's the kind of stuff that you would be turning around for people if they just gave you a blank slate.
1: Yeah, because it's like if you ever watched Road to Perdition, I think it is, it's uh Tom Hanks. Mm-mm. Or and Falls. and Falls is one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite scores. If you watch that movie, you can see the perfect marriage between certain things. This is a murder mystery, and this is what I learned. You could take something like jazz music and put it next to a murder, and it makes it even more scary. Right? Yeah. It, I, I got five on it became a scary song because of the way yeah. that they did that thing, right? It's the chords you play behind it and the things that you say, right? I could take you literally talking about a shoe and you may never say the word shoe, but I can play the music behind how you're describing a shoe and either make it scary, eerie, or funny, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter what you're saying. I can give people that feeling that is scoring, yeah. that is composing, that is marrying the visual to the audio and the audio to the visual. You ever played this um is 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 it called Bio Biohack? Bioshock. Bioshock. Yo, the trailer for Bioshock back when it first popped. And they were using the 40s and 50s music, bro. Uh, 40s yeah. and 50s music is the scariest <laughs> shit in the world. If you wake up in your house, big as my fucking house is. If I wake up and I hear some fucking 40s or 50s music playing, I'm jumping out the window, fam. I'm out of yeah. here because that means something <laughs> in here ain't got to put in here.
0: Like. That, that was also like the uh 2000 strangers. They have like 40s or 50s music like on a record player, and it's it's like the people with like bags over their heads and whatnot coming into the yeah. house like. Yeah, that trailer scared the fuck out of me as a kid.
1: You can't, you gotta like, those things are super important to films because you can't get the point across all the time with just the movie, right?
0: Do they ever tell you, uh, like if you're making a song for a movie, do they ever tell you like, we're gonna, we plan to use this during like this action scene or uh, something like that? Or is it kind of like, it might just end up on the soundtrack or it might make it into the movie?
1: I have to know what we're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. If you
1: say it's 30 seconds for a club scene, that's easy. If you say it's a song for a club scene, that's a headache. Because the club gonna play a million different kinds of songs. What is actually happening? You have to be very specific with producers. You gotta be very and I think right. for them to um uh, they they don't really do it like that. Like Fast and Furious, it was like we got saw the House and then Luda is just trying to get back into the swing of like just some awesome lyricism shit and i wanted to make the song a little different i wanted to make it more uh lyricist based, where they was actually able to get off and it was like a a battle of the best pins right and 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 with throwing luda in there with these guys that are just uh a fresh start but i and i had to consider the movie Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so the beat couldn't be a beat that was like i wanted people to be like You know, my my peers and other rappers be like, oh, I want to rap on that beat. I had to I had to mash both worlds. Yeah. Like I'm sure it was harder for them. It's not a beat that they might even pick on a regular day, but it was for a movie. So I knew I had to bring it to them in that way. And for them, hey, this this is a this is a nice size check to be doing for a fast and period. So like it was like it made sense. And I knew at the end of that movie it was fast five. And I was like, okay. This is the ending credit scene. So I knew that. So I was like, okay, what is that going to sound like? So mm. what I do is I, I I play or I go in the theater and I just, I, I go in with my laptop. So my my theater is on the other side of the studio. So I can play music from the room that I'm working on in the, in the theater. It's hooked up that way. So mm. I just scroll the, you know, the credits at the end of different movies and play. And uh, then I play it and then I find the beat that
0: way. Or I sit there with a keyboard and it's like, fiddle with some ideas. Damn, that's really cool. <laughs> Do you ever aspire to make your own film? I have a,
1: um, I have two. One, I really need to work out and flesh out the ideas. One of them, I wrote the concept five times. I finally got it to where I want it. And the next thing for me is just getting a script to it. It's a mystery, but it takes, it takes an incredibly crazy time.
0: How much has your uh, ability to write music helped you or maybe even hindered you while you're trying to write this film? Because it's different styles of writing, but obviously requires crazy creativity.
1: Well, ChatGPT is not hard now. I -hmm. sat on
0: it for a long time and I just recently picked it back up because you got ChatGPT.
1: You can just, it helps you write what you need to write. Like I need it to feel like this. So you're getting all of the ideas that's starting. I don't use everything that it's given me, but... Mm-hmm. It helps me actually I never thought about considering even writing the script. So
0: what do you do with
1: chat GPT? I'll take something that I had already wrote, I input that. And so I put that in there and I say, Well, hey, how do you I need to um draw them in, but I need them to have a question, but without giving them the answer. This is the answer. This is where we going, but I need to get them to question
0: to start a question about... so I can lead me to that. Are you talking about your characters or the audience? The characters and the audience. Um, these okay. characters are, this is the
1: exchange. So I input the exchange and I say, I tell mm-hmm. Chad GPT to help me come up with a way to, I need to get here in a better way. I need the viewers to get here. And it's, it's Damn. like it works. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier because I wouldn't have done that before. I would. I just sat there with this one
0: page. Of Mm -hmm. this certain page. And I was like, I'm never going to write a script. What brings you more pride, making the beats or rapping on a beat? Oh, man. I have this, I'm in a group called PDF, Read the PDF.
1: It's like the most craziest shit that I've ever, and I just, this is a new thing. The album is done and we'll start promoting this song. I've been having so much fun rapping with them. And just being an artist and not having to, because it's a group that you don't have to do everything. We are producers that came up under Dre, but I I don't think nothing will ever trump me just being able to just producing. I don't know. I'm fulfilled. I'd like to say that. Yeah. I'm very fulfilled. I'm very happy with all of the things that I do.
0: So I'm sure you've performed in some crazy places or done some crazy shows. uh, Mm -hmm. And thinking about nerves, is it more nerve wracking doing a big and crazy show, or was it more nerve wracking back when you first got started and you're like doing one of your first shows?
1: I don't know if it's ever been nerve wracking. What's more nerve wracking to me is speaking in front of 10 kids.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow.
1: Speaking in front of a room of kids, like trying to talk to high school kids when you're not, you have all of the accomplishments, but you don't look like, All of the, the, it's a what have you done for me lately business. They only really hear what's in front of them at the now. So trying to speak to some kids, I have to go to them as a grown up and say, like, listen, I have a job. I do this. It just happens to be a cool job and blah, 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 blah. That's nerve wracking. (laughs) That's more nerve wracking because I respect them. I respect these kids. I understand that you were, you in a rebellious part of your life. You're in a youthful part of your life. And this is the time where everything changes and nothing is the same. And you know, you know, you 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 finding out who you are. You don't want to hear shit anybody got to say. So I'm standing here talking to you, and it's very yeah. nerve wracking. <laughs> like, like performing in front of 120,000 people is 100,000 people is easy because I know what I'm <laughs> there to do. I'm there to make sure that uh, the show goes as planned.
0: That's crazy for you that you don't feel the nerves like i mean i get nervous even just before doing a podcast like this just because i'm like mm. i don't want to fuck this up i don't want to waste someone's time you know I, <laughs> I just have to make sure that <laughs> yeah. i you know it's it's a respect thing when you guys are freestyling for like a show like tim westwood is that nerve-wracking
1: no because you got you have to know what you're gonna say when you get in there If you fuck up it's like I right, take that out
0: yeah you know okay
1: i understand there's a narrative that some people have i think i've seen um gilly just say something about you know they have a they have a podcast. Well, I love their podcast. Um, Million dollars worth for game. He was saying how I think I don't know who he was talking about directly, but uh, he was saying how you know you don't certain people don't come on our show because they can't control the narrative. I think that's good and bad. I think I, I understand what he's saying because uh, you know it should be uncut. I love that's why I love their show because it's raw and uncut. As a black man in America, I need to control my merit my narrative. I need to be able to control it. For a long time, I wasn't able to control it. And there's too many times where something happened and then we have a misunderstanding in between each other because I can't control the narrative. I wouldn't put myself in that kind of situation, but I understand, I love I love the people that they have on when they do that. I think as when it comes to journalism, you got to have a level of respect. That's why you have the nervousness that feeling in it because you, like, you don't want to rub the person the wrong way. Mm -hmm. you just want to share their story and help them share their story and help you build your visual visual and and how people see you. So for that to work, you got to have some, some level of respect between the two and you still Mm -hmm. can ask the tough questions. You know what I'm saying? You can have a conversation. You could have said, Hey, I want to ask you me. I'm a free fall kind of person where it's like, Oh, I know how to answer it. Like I'm not going to let a bunch of people make me look like a fucking abuser. If I never done nothing, like I ain't worried about that. I ain't no fucking weirdo. That's, hiding people in my basement. Like I ain't doing shit like this. So like, I don't have those, I don't have those skeletons and all that shit like.
0: There are plenty, plenty of rappers and producers who are looking to break through either into music or also into film. Uh, what would you say to someone like that who's trying to make a name for their, themselves but they haven't been discovered?
1: It's a popcorn industry, right? It's a popcorn kind of thing. So like they want to put it in the microwave and it's ready in two minutes. If you ain't in it for the long haul, like just, you, you're wasting everybody else's time and you're going to rub people the wrong way. You have to be extremely selfish if you want to make it. But there's a way to do that where you have to build people around you that are okay with you, with you being selfish for you to get where you got to get but you don't use them to do it. Being selfish don't mean that I'm going to use you for what I got to gift you for, and then I'm on the way. No, nah, you still have to build the bridges along the way, and I think a lot of people don't want to do that. They just want to do it quick. Like, if you're really just trying to just get there and you don't care how you get there, you'll get there, but you're not staying. Anybody you see fall, I'm telling you, I've seen them use people along the way, and it's like, oh, he won't be around that long. I've been here for 20-something years, and it's not because of fucking Eminem. I've been here because I'm here, and I know that. You get what I'm saying? Like, and I because I had to accept the fact that whether I tell him this all the time, I don't give a shit if it was 5,000 people. If this is what we had to do, I'm still going to be here because that's I've already chose that. I'm with you either way. We both got a level of being humbled that is the exact same. It's like sometimes we'd be like, yo, this is fucking crazy. Like we
0: never done nothing
1: ever. Everybody else might be looking at it like, but we still look at shit and be like, yo, this is crazy Mm. that it's happening, that we're here because we know where we came from, right? If you forget that, you're not going to last long. If you're trying to break through, do what everybody else ain't doing and keep doing that. Now, there's a whole industry of artists that sound the same, that do the same shit, and they keep saying that it's different. It's not. I know you think it's different, but it's not, and it sucks. It's not <laughs> good, and it don't. I understand. You're get a, you getting some attention from it, but trust me, it's not fucking lasting. So I think the best thing to do is be like, I'm unique, doing something different than everybody else is doing. I think the, the, the advice is definitely utilize the tools. AI is not something to be afraid of. It's something to utilize. Because if you don't utilize it, you're just going to get left in the dust anyway. If you yeah. don't even know what those things are, you kind of like you're wasting your time. Like you better because it's moving without you. Mm-hmm. Technology is going to move whether you like it or not. My parents was not trying to get smartphones. They would have kept flip phones and landlines forever. They still Mm got to ask me every other week, like, hey, my phone did something weird. It's like, no, it didn't. You did that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Last thing. Have you ever seen that uh, movie that's on my wall, uh, Barbarian? No. So you reminded me of it when you were talking about, like, I'm not some weirdo with, like, skeletons in my basement or whatever. Because it's basically about, like, two people check into the same Airbnb, like it was double booked. And then they mm-hmm. end up staying there together. But then there's like this whole tunnel of, uh, or yeah, this whole tunnel system, basically in the basement. I was curious. Oh, it's see a horror. It? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's why I've never seen it. Horrors become real to me in my head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I started picking up on this. There's a handful of what I feel like were Eminem Easter eggs in there. Uh, one, mm-hmm. it's set in Detroit, uh, two, the, uh, the main character. In there, her last name is Marshall. And then uh so like the bad guy in there kinda does things to women and he's got like tapes, and one of them was Tanya. You know, I'm thinking of like his relapse album. And I'm just, it's like, yep, I've and so I looked up the director and like he only falls follows like a hundred or two hundred people and Eminem's one of them. So I was like, all right. Uh, these aren't just uh, me reading into this.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, wow, that's crazy. I'm looking at the uh, the cast though. Mm-hmm. This guy Bill, I've seen this guy guard Yeah, played a uh, Pennywise. Oh and, wow, Justin Long is in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I recommend you watch is- it if you if you can stomach a uh, horror because it's it's the weirdest movie ever. But I mean, there's. You'll know the part when it comes, but like it is the most shocking thing I've seen in theaters in years.
1: This guy, Bill Skarsgård, is mm. is the weirdest looking guy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, horrors are horrors for me are like it depends on what it is. But the, the, the scariest movies are things that are real to me that can yeah. actually happen. I know this will sound crazy, but stuff like The Exorcist, I think that kind of shit is real in its Mm. own way i just got this weird feeling where it's like no i think that's kind of happening somewhere where they just don't you know what if it's a whole world of shit that's happening like look at the ufo thing like like, i was gonna
0: say what about aliens
1: (laughs) yeah it's like all of that is like it's easier for somebody to believe that that's not true look up on youtube like then you look like what bugs look like up close Mm -hmm. they're fucking aliens they're fish (laughs) they're like and we always talk about stuff that's in the fucking in 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 on the ocean yeah. But there's stuff on the ground that look crazy to me. This place is a fucking melting pot of life. I don't think things crash here. I think things crash leaving. Like mm. you get what I'm saying? Mm. Like I don't think Yeah. There's your
0: movie right there.
1: That, <laughs> yeah, they think that things crash trying to leave.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on here, chatting movies and you know, your music career and all that stuff. This has been super fun and uh enlightening and Definitely inspirational to hear, uh, yeah. you know, like just the wavelength that you're on.
1: Yeah. Anytime hit me, I, I I'll make sure that the, that you get my direct number too. Just, just anytime sure. you, you. you want to pop up, I'll pop up, you know what I mean? I, I fuck with, I fuck with what you're doing. So
0: heck yeah. I appreciate that. And then also your, uh, your friends movie that the, you're doing the eighties music on when that's done. Yeah. Yeah, I would love yeah, to check oh yeah, it
1: out. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm a, I mean, I'll send you, I'll sing you when we get it. We're going to have a trailer, so it's the corkiest shit, but it's <laughs> like, this is the first one that I'm doing the score on where it's majority me. Yeah. All right, brother, man, I appreciate I'm you, in. man. Thank you. Thank you.